Anything you figured out? Doris? Go ahead, Doris. Yes. Um, I was this week, I was very much aware about the love I, I was seeking in outside and from other people. And it was like, I was connecting with myself and that it's that I'm the source of love. And so I had deep processes and connection with my heart. And it's so, it's still even in that exercise. So it's like indescribable what happens right now. And yesterday I had a, a phone call with my mother, which I rejected my whole life. And I was just, yeah, she just needs be heard and and i felt so connected from from my heart with her that it, it's still <laughs> it was incredible to to feel like uh, the communication is not finished until you have be heard and she was telling and talking all the time all our lives and we we didn't hear her and i realized that yesterday and so so happened a lot of stuff uh, in that. Thank you, Clinton. Thank you, Doris. Somebody else, any sharing from experiments that you try? <clears throat> Vera. I tried this experiment that I, um, I learned in the Fear Club, a club that I'm a part of that Anne Chloe is holding on Sundays and it was to ask um, what is needed for the being of the other person to take one small step forward and so I, I, I did this experiment of, of asking uh, what was it needed and then and kind of refining what were the conditions to bring the being forward and so my partner in this experiment, um, they did that. That it was, it was uh, such a different way of also meeting without going into how have you been doing and what have you been doing and it, just going straight into how can you be more, how can your being be more present? So change the quality of being together. Yeah, thank you. I'm really enthusiastic about these tiny baby step experiments because those are the ones that are right in front of us that we can do. And even though it seems like it's a baby step experiment, do one a day for a year and, and it'll move you, it'll really, it'll really take you somewhere. So I encourage this ongoing really nano step experiments being aware that you're experimenting, you know, five times a day, tiny little experiments as a way, as a way of relating, as a way of engaging the world. Good, thank you. Is there somebody else? Anybody else? I can share an experiment. Um, thank you. I decided to I, I got in 
invitation to ex try and express myself in a way that I've been trying to say yes to doing things that I wouldn't normally do. It's, it's the sort of ongoing experiment. And, and if, and if, if I'm not, if what I'm being offered or invited to is what I would normally do, then I try and think of a different way of approaching it or come up with one. And in this moment, I got asked to express myself through drawing in some sand what I was trying to verbalize. And it was like it was almost enough of a shock to my system saying yes to that that it started that it changed actually how i was seeing in myself what what i was going through because it was just so on me <laughs> on my box to get down in the sand and start drawing and moving it around in that way um and it was interesting because it all, almost enabled me to see myself through new eyes and see my own experience through new eyes um as well as being cre create even though i don't know if i actually managed to explain myself any better or easier or got it to land just the process of stepping outside of my comfort zone seemed to create a different connection in in then it was like we were trying to it seemed to me like then we were trying to find out together rather than me just talking and trying to explain it. It felt more of a connected experience. Thank you. <clears throat> I, it's possible that I didn't, I'm changing this subject a little bit, and it's possible that I have not seen people before, but it looks like there's three or four people here who I haven't seen seen before. I'd like to just hear a couple of you. Gloria, have you been here before? Gloria, were you here before? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. Didn't, I don't remember hearing your voice before. So how's it going? Before. Um, but I've been here before. This is the first time I've had my video on. Ah, okay. Hi. What's, what, where are you? I'm in Miami Beach. Florida. Okay. Do you know the Miami Beach gang? I do. I'm a part of the, a very nourishing and responsible, uh, beautiful group in Miami. Super. Cool. Good. Thank you for being here. I Thank also, you. I also wanted to hear from uh, Lilia. Lilia. Have you been here before? Is that right? before yes we talked before are uh, you from poland i'm from russia originally but i live in ecuador so ah that's right that's right i remember that part all right do you want to say anything just like anything so much appreciation for you that's all great thank you great thank you um jane did we, did I see you before? Ramona, you put your real name there. I thought that was you. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I just managed, yes. <laughs> Thank you, nice to see you. Jane, what about you? Yeah, 
I just put on my mic. Yeah, I was here last week. Um, I'm new to this possibility management. I know Vera. I live at Fintorn. So I've been talking with her about it for a while and just hope it's okay to, to join. Totally okay. Great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being here. All right. Yeah. Is there somebody else I didn't? Nadine. Nadine. Yes. <laughs> Where are you? In Germany, in a small village um, near Schwäbisch Hall and one hour from Stuttgart. Okay. How did you hear about this? The first time um, by Birte Fers, she did um, the Gesellschaftswandel. Yep. For some kind of um, online congress. Okay. And then um, I read a lot um, um, on your websites and everything. And then I got in contact with Anne Chloe. Okay. In the beginning of the year. <laughs> All right. And it's my first time, yes. All righty then. Thank you. And James, you're okay? Bruce, you're okay? All right. John Mercer, are you okay? Yeah, all right, good. Great, all right. All right. There's this question that you guys have not asked yet. There's two things I wanna say. Uh, one is that there's this question that if I were you, I would, I would not, I would insist on asking the question. And the question is something like, what does it take? What would it take for Echo to be interested enough in me to move me into a fabulous relationship possibility? So I'm so that was a, that was a little secret that um we're not going to go there right now, but I just wanted to plant the seed. And the other thing I wanted to say is that I've been talking with Anne Chloe Destremo, who's somebody who's been in Germany uh, and at the same time is sitting a meter across this table from me. Um, <laughs> and uh, because of because of the experiments that we've been doing, I I've been asking her to participate more in when we when we're talking about stuff when we're when we're considering things. I'm asking her to to um, tell everybody when I'm saying bullshit or to explain it from the feminine perspective because. You know, I can't really do that. Or to add dimensions into, um, like, like all questions are allowed here. And so she can answer questions, you know, in a different way than I can. So if, you know, if she wasn't here, basically the conversation would be a moot point. You know, the conversation would be a pontification. It would be um, an exalted, set of concepts without practical demonstration. And so the fact that she's uh, there is irrefutable. It's, it's like there is, she is there. And so 
what does that mean? Like, what is, how is that possible? Like, what's really going on? Like, what's the thing? So, so all these questions are allowed. And so, um, I, um, I made a deal with her that she's willing to talk also. So even though this is, you know, the radiant joy, brilliant love study group, um, part of the radiant joy, brilliant love is sitting across the table from me. So just like you guys. So I will, without further ado, unless you want to say something, not now. I will begin to read. You're on page 23, section eight, called Avoiding Naivete. Avoiding Naivete. <clears throat> we mentioned before, I think, about the value of disillusionment. So it's like the solution to naivete is disillusionment. There are real pitfalls to eating hamburgers, driving to work, or taking a bath. There are also real pitfalls along this journey toward radiant joy and love. Do not be naive. Stay alert to the dangers of expansive learning, especially in learning what you did not know that you did not know about. For example, you might be shocked when you first recognize the level and intensity of delusion generally circulated in our culture. Or you might find that you are changing faster than your present circle of friends, and you notice that they have little interest in talking about what you now most want to talk about. You might suddenly start remembering surprising little incidents that occurred in your childhood, events that reflect badly on a fantasy image of your parents or relatives. I'm just, I'm, I'm just commenting that that can easily happen. As soon as you start doing introspection or, or emotional healing work, you will, you will get memories back. You'll see scenes in a completely different way. And they're not always more negative. They can also be more positive. They can be more neutral even. <clears throat> but things really change. Okay, I keep going. You might unexpectedly discover a deep inner inspiration for working in a career that is very different from the career path you are presently following, which happened to me also. The dangers along the journey toward radiant joy and brilliant love are that some parts of your life might change. It is naive to assume that many changes can all happen at once for you because the matrix for holding greater understanding can only be built at a certain rate. It has a speed limit. The evolution of consciousness has a speed limit. You avoid naivete in this process when you practice patience, allowing yourself to persist even when changes are not happening as fast as you think they should. 
Changes unwrap layer by layer. Old wounds are healed, one feeling at a time. Expired, invalid decisions are recognized and remade one decision at a time. As we discussed in the number five above, these things take time. During the unfolding process, as we move toward radiant joy and brilliant love, I have, I have observed that imbalances can occur. Pay attention. Watch out that your naivete does not get you trapped in the imbalances. For example, the habit for some women to hate men runs deep in the human and the female heart. The habit for some women to hate men runs deep in the female heart. There are so many reasons to hate men. Thousands of years of man-hating can vibrate in your nerves, nerves that you inherited directly from the body of a woman who also had reasons to hate men. When you start getting your clarity back, your voice back, your center back, it is wise to be vigilant that your newfound power is not used by your unconscious commitments to despise and destroy men. You would be surprised how many spiritually developed women languish in a self-made righteous hell of unconscious man-hating. And we wonder why more men are not attracted to personal development work. For men, we are so deeply terrified of our innate nothingness that stepping into self-reflective opportunities is not exactly our cup of tea. Either we act out being a sensitive, nice boy still hiding behind our mama's apron, or we have shut our feelings down altogether, preferring the adrenaline highs provided by money, power, and impersonal sex. Give us a better cell phone or a BMW with GPS, and we are satisfied as deeply as we are willing to be satisfied, especially when there are still wars so easy to cook up. I just want to add in a note that sometimes I have to write so cynically, like with almost spite in, in the voice as a way of, especially men, like waking us up, as especially, like we, we've gotten so numb with the, with the news about wars and, and, and buying stuff and, This is about getting out of naivete. Sometimes it takes a hammer to get out. Number nine, apprenticing to a guide. This would be probably one of those sections where I might add in something because it was written when I was in a spiritual school with a guru and I was 21 years in that school and so it was it was, a, it was a common tradition for me. It was a common orientation to work with a guru. And these days I'm far more 
enthusiastic about working with co-experimenters and working in circles and possibility teams. And because I've learned how to, I've learned how to teach people or share with people how to jack into so many archetypal resources. You know, I think it used to be more rare for human beings to jack into archetypal resources. And in those cases, uh, whoever jacked in was the guru and the other people could tap in through them to these other sources. And these days, you know, I could easily be fooling myself. And at the same time, um, it's, it makes, uh, I've seen, I've been, I've experienced too often these archetypal forces of nature and archetypal resources come ripping into spaces through sort of the most unexpected uh, people. And so, and they're part of the team, you know, they're part of the circle. And so I've, I've had a much more, more, a much stronger reliance on not looking to authority, but looking to necessity, which is if I have authentic necessity, then, then the authority, the, the archetypal resources show up in the space. And it doesn't matter through who, it doesn't matter where they come through. So in any case, I will read this. And if there's some, I'll just keep reading. Number nine, apprenticing to a guide. Consider not trying to make this journey alone. The guidance of someone who has gone before you and can provide you with timely feedback and coaching is highly recommended. A guide may even be necessary for success. So when we're doing the initiatory processes, when we're going through emotional healing processes, when we're, um, the way that usually we're doing it in possibility management is we're using at least two people, one person being the space holder and in that moment, the guide, but the space holder and the other person going through the process. To try to do both roles at the same time, I don't recommend. So by saying no guru, I'm not saying no space holder. So I, we, us people in modern civilization are so smart. We are sassy. We are whip cracking smart. And so when we think that we can go through processes by ourselves, we're so easy to fool ourselves about that. Our box and our gremlin are so fast and so able to screen us from exactly the nasty thing that we need to see or the, um, when we shy away from making the leap across the chasm, the, the space holder would say, stop, take another breath, turn to the right, take the leap. That's what the space holder would say. But if we lead the process ourselves, we would not even allow ourselves to acknowledge that we avoided the most dangerous and most important central step of the process. So anyway, so by saying no guru, I'm not saying no space holder. So just keep that in mind. How do you find such a guide? Stay open and pay attention. Keep talking with people about what you are doing. It is said that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. It is also said that when the teacher is ready, the students appear. So again, it's kind of painful for me to read, but the student-teacher 
paradigm has not been, it's so reminiscent of school. It has not been functioning very well. It's more like, co you know, co-experimenters, space holders, client, coach, like this kind of thing is uh, the, the role of the client and the coach is completely reversible in three seconds, you can change roles. And so this is a, this is the more, what I've been finding out, I think in possibility management, the whole thing we've been finding out is so powerful is that we don't have to find some expert. We don't have to find some teacher. What we have to find is uh, clear distinctions and safe spaces and space holders and commitment and, and uh, courage and throw ourselves into the processes. So both of these axioms can be extremely misleading and rich with opportunities for betrayal and self-delusion for the unwary, even for the wary. So be very wary. Human beings tend to succeed better when they work together on an evolutionary journey because support for evolution is contextual. That is, encouragement and support for evolution come from your culture, the people you bring around you. Trying to wing it on your own cannot usually generate enough momentum to escape the gravitational pull back towards normal, especially within a culture that does not promote personal development and transformation. Coaching from a skilled guide, which would be all of us in this case, clarifies and ignites your innate rocket fuel and simultaneously establishes a new cultural context for you to work from, the feedback and coaching context. But finding a qualified guide in these days of computer learning may not be so easy. In any case, keep trying. You may discover that outrageous coincidences favor people who make outrageous efforts to explore radiant joy and brilliant love. Yes, I changed a word. Do not be afraid to apprentice yourself to a lover of love. At the same time, do not be naive about giving authority to just any so-called guide. There are many self-proclaimed teachers who use their power and the name of love to slide themselves into your purse, your psychology, or your panties for their own personal benefit. Pay attention and trust your intuition more than their words. Take your time and observe anyone else working with that guide. If other apprentices seem to be empowered, clear, gentle, open, and able to communicate with you, you may have just found yourself an authentic guide. So there's one more section before we finish this whole beginning part. I would like to tunnel through and get there and then we'll stop for a little while and talk. Here we go. Number 10, being lovable. The biggest stumbling block in relationship is often the unwavering notion that we are unlovable. We can be easily convinced that we are unlovable during incidental childhood events especially in a modern industrialized culture where child raising has been relegated to the category of chores below that of washing clothes and putting dishes away. After once concluding that we are not loved, 
we may continue to prove ourselves right by selectively editing our perceptions so we only see confirming evidence. Does anybody do that? Is there anybody out there doing that? You have this story <laughs> of not being loved, and then you go around and you create circumstances that give you, that mirror that back to you. Okay, I'll just read that sentence again. After one time, and it doesn't take very long for a child to do this, like in a few seconds, a child can make a conclusion that we are not loved. Then for the rest of our life, we might continue to prove ourselves right by selectively editing our perceptions. So we only see confirming evidence that we are not lovable. Even a tiny scrap of circumstantial evidence suffices to support our commitment to self-hatred. From then on, we live our life in self-fulfilling prophecy, shadowy loneliness, stale resentment, and poorly disguised despair. Probably you know somebody like that. If this scenario applies to you, perhaps you are reasoning that since you are obviously not lovable now, you were never lovable. The problem is, the problem with that assertion is, you have already been loved. If you look, you could find the memory of a moment in your life in which you were loved. Otherwise, you would not know what being loved is all about and being loved would not matter to you. Do you get that? If you already didn't know what being loved was about, you wouldn't care about it. You wouldn't be looking for that experience. You already know what it is. So, so you can't think that you haven't been loved because you know the value of it. You have already been loved by a friend, a teacher, a neighbor, a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, a colleague, a brother and sister, and God forbid, in moments, and although you may find this hardest of all to accept, even by your own parents. You know this is true. If you have ever been loved in your life, even for a moment, then you are already lovable. To let that one go in, it's to go in. Really let it go. Say in. that again. Would you say that last line again? Say that again. Yes. Yes. If you have ever been loved in your life, even for a moment, then you are already lovable. It is too late to think, even for a moment, no less for the rest of your life that you are unlovable. You can't do that anymore because you already have been loved. You get it? You're getting this? Just let it go in. So this whole scenario, I'm not lovable. Nobody can love me. You know, this whole thing. If you have ever been loved even once, that thing doesn't hold soup anymore. I want to just go through a couple more paragraphs, but remember what's going on in you. 
you may have a persistent feeling that you want to be loved more. Does anybody ever have the feeling that you want to be loved more? Okay. This is great. It's great that you want to be loved more. I want to be loved more too. I also want to win the lottery. That was in parentheses. In the meantime, while we wait around for our fantasies to maybe come true, we can learn more about loving and being the source of love so that wherever we go, love happens. Then we can ourselves discover the true abundance of radiant joy and brilliant love for real, right here, right now, wherever we are, and whichever now it is. So, good. Now that we are done with that little thing, and you, you can experience yourself, you can trust yourself to be lovable now, forever, it's too late, you are already lovable now forever, we can get on with the rest of the book. These 10 basics of expansive learning will start us roving in a propitious direction, it means we're off to a good start. As consciousness explorer and educator, Joseph Chilton Pierce says, Perhaps the scope of this work sounds a bit broad for a single volume, and I can hear complaints that this book attempts too much, but I argue that all too often we attempt too little. Better an impossible task of splendid proportion than a sure but piddling one of no consequence. We learn from failures as well as successes. End quote. And as my teacher Lee Lozowick says, if things are not impossible, why bother doing it? If something is impossible, if something is not impossible, why bother doing it? Alrighty then. What's going on in you? Nicole, you have a smile on your face that looks unreasonably satisfying. So can you say what it is about? Or does anybody want to say anything? Nick Patrizio. Yeah, I, as you were reading these, these, these two pieces of um, looking for for a guide and being lovable i i see the connection in me of you know i'm eternally suspicious of of other people you know of of a teacher or or of of the feedback from other people and then i wonder how that connects to to this issue that the, the being lovable and, and having um, interiorized this not that I'm not lovable and if, if there is a connection between both of these or it seems to me that there is a connection 
And I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about this. You're a music teacher, is that right? Yes. <clears throat> when you sit with a student who is stuck, not, not, not simply because they didn't practice enough, but because they have a knot in their energetic body, you know, some block mm. inside, and they, they kind of go to this level and then they're stuck, and you, and you can see their potential, but they can't go through the block. What do you do with them? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. I mean, and, and it's, of course, it's different for, for anybody, but you have to do something dramatic. You have to do something. I, I. I have, I have to do something dramatic. I mean, some, sometimes it's true. I mean, and sometimes it's just uh, recognizing also the stuckness in the relationship. You know, that everything that I say also creates the stuckness in the, the, the relationship creates the stuckness in at that point of, of development. I think that if you are going to do something outrageous, what was the word he said? Trauma dramatic. 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 For you to do that, you build, you, it comes out of love mm. your love for the student your love for their potential mm. so perhaps they consider themselves not lovable and yet for you to commit to them you you have to find some way to love them mm. or you can't do it you can't work with them yeah and if you will discover this in yourself when you're working with other people when you when you when you in order to work with somebody that you discover that you have to find some way to love them so they can, so they can go through these blocks can they can make the leap that they can take the risk because you love them because you do something dramatic that if you if you find that in yourself you will find it in other people towards you Mm. Mm. Really, I think a lot of what we're doing here and what we will do here on this journey is that, you know, I, I, can already, I can already see people starting to love each other. You know, I don't know if you guys ever talk outside of this group, but you're welcome to. But, um, you know, there's people who... We have to kind of love each other to just hang out in this for an hour and a half every every week. You know, we have to find some way to love each other. Even the, even the, I won't even get into it, even the ones who are doing whatever. It's like, you know, yeah, like so that. So if I can do that for somebody else, then somebody else is, can do that for me. And that person is gonna help me and love me at the same time. So I must be lovable and they can help they can provide value for me you get it those two things are totally together yeah yeah, yeah thank you yeah. thank you yeah 
Somebody else. Hold on, Doris. Let's give somebody else a chance, okay? Crystal, I have a question. Crystal? Crystal, where are you? I'm looking. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that I appreciate it very much that you tell us about that you changed your mind about the guidance you need, that the group is something you need and not a goal. And uh, I like it very much to hear from somebody who says, well, earlier I said that, but I noticed that it's different. And, in, and it encourages me to do it the same, that I can change my mind. And it's okay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you too. I mean, that's one of the horrors of writing a, a nonfiction book is that you might go on to learn something. I, I know people, maybe it's in here, I don't know, in one of the other books I wrote it, it's like a, an author, I imagine there are some authors who die early rather than sharing with their readers that they changed their mind about something. You know, they have a car accident, they die from some disease, they, whatever, they fall off a bridge and drown accidentally somehow on a rainy night, I don't know. I think that it's a difficult thing to just go, God, I wrote that. This is, I was naive back then. Let me tell you about it. So anyway, um, for example, like the Radiant Joy Brilliant Love book doesn't include the fifth body, doesn't include five body intimacy journeys. It doesn't include a lot of stuff. I had a chance recently to go through the Conscious Feelings manuscript because they're translating it into Portuguese. I said, you can't, you cannot leave out the fifth body. You can't do that. So, uh, so I didn't put in, I, I restrained myself. It only took me like four or five days. I restrained myself from putting in the different kinds of interactions, the different kinds of fears of intimacy and fears of connection and all the, uh, um, what is it? Six kinds of speaking now or eight kinds of speaking, I don't know, 12 kinds of speaking now. <laughs> like all this stuff is really, anyway. And Chloe, how are we doing? Yeah, I just want to, I want to add something, but you, can you mute yourself so I can yep. Yeah, I was, and you have to also turn off your phone, your sound. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I, was thinking about like also Clinton's evolution in like finding a guru or finding a teacher and some people still relate to possibility management in the, in those words, which freaks me out a lot when I see that. Um, but, but maybe one thing that I found is that I think some of us are shy or avoid creating so much necessity in us that we just go around and ask for feedback. Mm. It's just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm stuck here. I cannot create this experiment or this, this place of love. You know, I want to create places of more love in my life and, and it's not working. Give me feedback, give me coaching. And you, and then that's your whole purpose of moving for like a month, maybe two months is this question that you have. And 
And I remember having a sim like something like that really deep in me, like a couple months ago about this question of being. And, I, and I, every time I would be on a call with somebody, I would just ask them, what, what is being? What is your being? How do you feel the qualities of being? And, and, and on and on. And, and it took me like a few weeks to, to go through that process. But in the meantime, I found how much people love me that they would be willing to answer my question and to be with me and to uh, struggle with me. You know, maybe they didn't have the perfect answer, but they would struggle with me. And it, and it was like so surprising for me that how I didn't have the answer or how my necessity or my struggle made me lovable or, or I, could I could sense that love. And, and in modern culture, it's so reversed of, we think that we'll be loved if we know or if we're successful or if we are the best or we are the smartest or whatever. And, and I think it's the other way around. It's our necessity that makes us authentic. So that would be an experiment. How do you create so much necessity in you that you just go around and, and ask people question and feedback and coaching and, and how to do the next thing? Thank you. Yeah, is there more question? Yeah, I have it. Oh, wait. Can you say that again, I have it? She's still the mic's off. Yeah. You're on Okay, so do you hear me now? Yes. Okay, it might be loud here, I'm sorry. I just want to say thank you, Aunt Chloe, because I realized that I have this assumption of myself. Being a healer or a spiritual guide means that I don't have necessities or that I wouldn't, or whatever necessity there is, I would, I would, I should be able to give it to myself. So this is totally turning myself upside down right now that this necessity and this urge is actually creating the relationship and the discovery. Yeah, the, the, the discovery that I wouldn't allow myself. And I want to say to you, Clinton, that you and this group, like, I mean, that you started this group because I found it very heavy to read the book, actually. I, I suffered a lot and I couldn't finish it. And I suffered about that as well. So I, I'm super glad to have this funny study group here. And I decided to make love my priority. And I feel since I'm in the study group that I'm more interesting to echo. And all kind of crazy things happen. And when you said that we should go and find someone to get practical, and you said that with the sadness that it would be a waste if not, yeah, that was the first thing that turned my assumptions about love upside down. That it's really something that I give myself into and and I can make that my profession. I can make that the center of my life, basically. And this is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, Maria. 
I have a lot of fear to say anything out loud in this group of radiant individuals, and this is part of what I want to share. Um, what you said in Chloe and this, the confluence of these last two, nine and ten, um, brought to me a realization about um, the juxt or the um, irony, I guess, of attempting to become initiated into adulthood while playing a child, playing out a child ego state by expecting that the answers are outside of myself. That um, I guess I, I can acknowledge that doing this work with you and doing this work in this group and um, just taking this really seriously um, has really shattered my perceptions of where the answers are. And one thing that I've noticed really profoundly is that, I mean, as John Mercer and I have been on this path together, we've tried so many things where there are these answers that you're supposed to plug into your life. And then voila, like you're in a joyful, connected, intimate partnership and none of them have worked. They've all failed miserably. And we've put a lot of energy into that. And then taking radical responsibility to actually answer my own questions and be like relentlessly attempt to be a source of love, even though it feels impossible or like I don't know how is, it's just a different thing to do. And it's really, so I feel like these last two steps are kind of, or these last nine and 10 are kind of one thing in a way, like asking like nine and 10 as you Clinton just edited it verbally, that gluing these things together is kind of like, I want somebody to experiment with, not because I want somebody to tell me what the answer is or fix me, but because I want to like grow and learn. And I can only do that by like being, like having mirrors around me um, and being willing to look at myself. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, cool, thank you. Yeah, but so I need to like. I'd like to throw throw in. Ingrid had her hand up. Okay. Yeah, Ingrid, we'll get to you in a minute. Mm. This, the two things. One is, I. I think answers do not come from inside of me. I don't think that. In my, my experience, answers do come from outside of me. I, I, they come from the bright principles, they come from my archetypal lineage, they come from the bright principles and archetypal lineage of other people, even if they don't know what that is. They come from Gaia, you know, they come from, uh, the the guys who are in the when i make a journey into the mountain whoever I, whatever beings i meet there in the in the earth you know the, the answers come from them i mean the answers do come from outside of myself it but but they would not come unless i made a place for them and so that's this thing about the necessity. I mean, this is this magic stuff or wizard stuff. It's like make the necessity inside of yourself, carry the question, like become the question, live as a question 
And that question will create this vacuum or this necessity for the, the answer, you know, answers to come. But the problem with answers is they kill questions. And, I, you know, and if you got a good question, you don't want to kill it right away. I mean, I'll be in talks or something and somebody will ask a very good question. And I, I tell them, I look at them and I go, I will not do you the disservice of answering your question right now. It's such a good question. You just care. You just live in that question for a few more months. We will not kill your question with an answer right now. So, because the questions are you know, are valuable, you need great questions to carry you through. So I and I think that you get attracted. I get attracted to places. I get repelled from places. I get allies. I get um, energy. I get clarity. I get all kinds of stuff according to the questions that I am. And this is also another way to be useful to echo is depending on what questions you have, what questions you're, you're experimenting with. So, and the other thing I wanted to say was there is this question of, of being a source of love or like, I want to be loved more and you know, to say that I want to be loved more. And if you understand, if you have a map inside of yourself of the different ego states, the parent ego state, the adult ego state, the child ego state, the gremlin ego state, and the demon ego state, and that the adult ego state is a gateway to the archetypal ego state. If you have this map inside of you, then this sensation of I want to be loved more, you can find it comes directly out of this child ego state. Comes, I want to be loved more comes out of the child ego state. What are you going to get then? Well, you're going to get some abusive asshole or somebody's going to betray you or expectations that will not be fulfilled ever, you know, because you're not loving me enough. It's like going around being a black hole of love and are also your gremlin can use that question. Like, I want you to love me in a very specific way. And you should read my mind and you should know exactly what that way is to love me. And if you don't, then you're betraying me or you don't love me or you're, you're so th these are, there's so many horror, horror life scripts going along from taking the position of wanting somebody to love you. So the, the, thing, the thing that we're, we're leading into here, this thing we're going to, is how, how can you shift into sourcing love rather than being a black horse, a love sponge? You know, how can you be a, a love fountain or a love waterfall or a love star or a love whatever you call it, antenna, a radio station that just broadcasts, how can you become a source of love without exhausting yourself? You know, how, how people go, I love everybody, you know, I put, I do this for you, I do that for you, I'm nice to you, I cook you what you like, you know, I clean up after you, I love you, I love you all these ways, and then I'm exhausted. Yes. Stuff like that. What? It's rescuing you. It's just rescuing, so it's, little, it's like ordinary love. And Chloe is saying it's, it's uh, rescuing. It's, it's the ordinary love of rescuing, she's saying, which is exactly 
what that is. It's low drama rescuing stuff. So, so you know, what we'll be doing in the next weeks is building in ourselves the, the possibility of sourcing love. There isn't, you know, this isn't a method. You know, fortunately for us, there's no instruction book. I mean, this is not an instruction book. This is a, uh, it's a, it's a world, it's a context, it's a, an entire universe. And so it's multiple universes. So there's no, there's no A, B, C, D, and then you walk around and you can source love and then you can go, go do up and find out how to do Tantra or something. You know, it's, that's not what this is. This is a, it's an, it's a, oh, it's an authentic, um, transformational pathway that's based on you building the matrix to hold more consciousness so that you evolve by reflex so that your next step happens without without really trying it happens as a side effect your evolution will happen as a side effect when you build the matrix to hold more awareness to hold more consciousness so that's what we're doing so some of these things like well okay how can i so, so one of these things, if, if you have sadness, when you hear the question, you know, I want more, I want to be loved more, this is, it, it'd be great whoever said that, it, there's a, actually from Janet Trevino. Janet, are you there? Where are you? Can you put up your hand? I'm here. I'm here. Are you good? Yeah. Have you done holdings? Did you get three months of holdings two or three times a week? No. You know you have the Conscious Feelings book? Yes. Do you have that? Okay. There's a whole instruction and photographs and everything in there for how to give or receive a holding. If you just look it up in the index or flip to the photographs, you'll see exactly how to do a holding. And it's, it's women with women, men with men. Find somebody, show them the book. Say, I need to do three holdings a week. It takes 15 or 20 minutes each time. Will you do this with me? You can get two or three women to do this with you. And that will start building into your five bodies. It will build, it will help build, it will fill in a gap that we didn't have when we were children. Like it's, you know, we have a lot of gaps from our childhood and past lives. But if, you know, if you go to the cupboard or the refrigerator and you open up the refrigerator and you're standing in front of the refrigerator and you just, standing there and the refrigerator's open you keep looking anybody ever do that before you ever stand in front of the refrigerator just looking yeah so what you're looking for is not in the refrigerator but but we don't know where else to look you know it's because we we have this need we have this we want something you know and we, and we go to the refrigerator and it's just not there so so okay the thing that we need one of the things we need is holdings we, need, we were not held enough as children. So if everybody, how many people have done the holdings thing? Three months of being held. Anybody's done this? Couple people. All right. So the rest of you, please do this. Please start doing this. Arrange in your life. To, if you're a man with men, women with women, get somebody, show them the book or find one of the websites. We'll be putting stuff on the websites and just say, look, I need, to do holdings. I got, I have, the guru says I have to do holdings. 
<laughs> and now you can laugh. Now you can laugh at me at those jokes. Okay. Guru says I have to do holdings. Yeah. So go, no, really, just go for no reason, just go get holdings. Because this is something that can be repaired. This is something you can fill in. This is something that you can get for yourself. Takes three months, two, three times a week, 20 minutes each time. You just get a holding, and in three months, you will be filled up again. That thing, you'll have to, you'll have to stand in front of the refrigerator for a different thing next time, okay? And it's just a great sensation. It's like, it's almost like, I don't know, like that vitamin D, vitamin H, it's vitamin H, something like, you want to say something? You could, you know. Um, so, yeah, so please get holdings. Okay. Look, if you don't start holdings this week, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> no, really, I'm serious. What I would pay you. I have to pay you. I'll, to, I'll pay you to do holdings. Everyone's sheltering. Do... No one wants to get close to me. They're all afraid I'm going to get with the virus. I don't you know. You can, right do hold... <laughs> you can do holdings like this, you know. You just have to... With the mask. <laughs> Put on a body mask. And no, you, you put your head way up and it's really a heart-to-heart -heart thing and it goes in past your mind and it, in three months you have this vitamin back again and you, it's not like you don't need it for the rest of your life, but it's like you, it's like, it's almost like if you were missing a leg and you grew a leg back, it's like you can walk again and it just feels great to walk down the street having been held enough, having been held enough already. So you don't have to look at whoever's walking down the street and go, will you hold me? Will you hold me enough? Like that. You know, you don't have to go around with this as a, as a hook point. You already, you already held enough. And you can look people in the eye being held enough. And that's a very good start for being a source of love, sourcing love. It's a very good start to be able to look somebody in the eye and go, I've been held enough. We have, we have other things to do. Yeah, we can hold each other too, but I, it's not what I'm here for. I'm here for other additional things. So this is a really great way to, to go. Um, Ingrid. Okay. Yes. Who's, okay, Ingrid, who's, who's, who, said, who said my name? I, I, I wanted to ask why, not, why we can't do it like man to woman and woman to man. Door. You yes. are the exact guy to ask this question <laughs> how many women look at door and already know the answer to his question if you know the answer to his question put your hand up one of the women okay the so door just look around keep your hands up keep your hands up okay door all these women know why it wouldn't work what say it again door so I, I'm saying like maybe I can't see anyone, but anyways, uh, I um, maybe my mother or like someone like that is not can't get attracted to you or something like that. Like, do you, this is a different conversation, which <clears throat> which we will get to, but the answer is the reason you're asking this question is because there's a part of you that you're unconscious of that eats feminine energy, sexual energy, basically. There's a, there's a website called White Widow. Have you read that? No. 
Could you? Yeah, I'll just. So, and Chloe, she said she would type that one in. It's a. It's got pretty good, huh? It has some good, it's not finished, but it has some good information in it. Is it in the Conscious Feelings book? I don't think it's in this one. You, you didn't write about White Widow in any book. No way. Yes. Really? Yes. That's because I am one. God. All right. Um, so door, door. Look, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just yes. simply very expensive if you're unconscious about it. So... Yeah, it's okay. in there. Mm -hmm. So it's a thing called a white widow. You are a white widow. And it's very important. You're at the point, the fact that you asked this question is you're at the point now to learn about something that you've been completely unconscious as part of your survival strategy that has to do with this, this thing you do with sexual energy. And it's so familiar to you. It's so, <clears throat> what do you say? common for you. It is like your, your way of life, your way of surviving, <clears throat> that, that um, this is the very beginning of a big conversation. But it'd be really great if before next week, if you could read through and try to find out what a white widow is, and what's up for you about that. Like, how is it? And then it'll start becoming clear to you why all the women, for example, probably the men also, would have the answer to the question why it would not work for you to do holdings with someone of the opposite sex because, because there would be something else going on and you would not even know what it is. Okay, okay thank you. Good, Dor, thanks a lot. Thanks for thank the question. You. Yeah, and, and Dor, keep asking yeah. those kind of questions, okay? Those are really, uh, the more you learn about the white widow thing, this will apply to about a third of the people in here. Okay, we, it's very, it's really useful stuff. So thank, thank you. you. Ingrid. Thank you. Um, my question is about uh, the guru thing and you say at the same time um, that uh, every, if I understood right, every person uh which we choose could be our our the person who gives us an answers my question is um you are you are talking often about commitment is is it uh in 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 a in a sense that when when i um I'm face to face with a person and I choose to commit myself myself to the uh, to have to 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 have a, yeah to feel love to 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 have a relationship of love with this 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 person is then however the this person would react to what I'm doing or saying or asking or he is my guru in this moment. Do, do you understand what I'm asking? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm clear. The, it's just that the term guru has a very clear and specific definition in the Hindu tradition, for example. And it, to use the word guru, outs, you can't really use it outside of the Hindu tradition because every time you say the word guru, you drag the entire Hindu construct with it, if you use it. And so 
I'm an, I'm I don't use that word anymore. So and I, so I I understand what you're saying that like if if you ask a person a question and they commit to your question and they and something comes through them that's really useful for you and then you say well you are my guru at the moment you're just mixing contexts and so instead you can respect and be grateful for this person being the space through which the bright principles or their archetypal lineage or some forces of nature spoke to you you know, they speak through them because they were willing for a moment to get out of the way and be the space through which these forces could come and serve you and be, be like that. It's not channeling either. That's a different thing. So, <clears throat> but anyway, I just would, were you going to say something? Yeah. Let me turn, let me get off. So I understood the question a little differently and I, I've, I've heard, that um, the way you asked a question, let, let me see if I understood it, is that some people think whatever is going on across from the person, then it's they're mirroring something in you. Some people say, everybody is my mirror. And so wherever they're reacting, they're, then the concept is that however they're emotionally reacting to you, for example, then you can it says something about you. Okay, I don't really use that model because a lot of people around me try to project on me. And they have expectation and projection that actually have nothing to do with me. They've built their own projection and survival strategy and expectation, and I'm not willing to be responsible for their expectation or their projection. And so I don't consider them as my mirror i can still be connected to them and say what's really going on here but their emotional reaction is not a learning tool for me somehow i, I don't use the emotional reaction as a learning tool yeah and 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 so this is about often we we interact with people like people who are grown up or adult who have an adult body as as if we're having a fair conversation, as if we're having an adult conversation, when actually most of the time, you, you might start noticing in your interaction, actually one or maybe both of the people get hooked by emotional reactivity and they're not aware of, yeah, that it is an emotional reaction. It has nothing to do with the present. If you start healing your own emotion and start re be on this path of evolution or growing up or adulthood then most of your interaction you will be in the adult ego state and then the person across from you will will fall into the gremlin or child or parent ego state like in an emotional reaction and then the conversation is not fair anymore the conversation becomes unfair and you, you it, it is not a like friend to friend or something, then you become the space holder for them to be aware of their emotional reaction, to be aware of they got hooked. That's the, the term that we use. And do they want to do anything about it? Like, do they want to do an experiment or do they want to do a healing process right now or later? But space holder. Yeah, yeah, as in you, the space holder. And that 
then you, then it becomes an unfair conversation and it's a great distinction to have so that you know where you stand in the conversation yeah you, you yeah. i mean as we as we proceed you'll start learning how to have your sort of clarity out all the time in when i first started to learn about the sort of clarity I was delivering trainings in America and also in Europe back in the 90s, early middle of the 90s. And I, I, I was fantastic. All of a sudden in a training, I learned that I could have my sort of clarity out. And I, it was just an amazing space to be in with the, with the clarity that would serve people. I could not be victimized. The, the, the low drama thing didn't work for me on me anymore. I could be present and connected and not be hooked by what was going on in the trainings. And then I'd walk out of the training room, put my sword back and I'd go home to my family and my kids would be in low drama starting the first minute I came through the door and everything was a mess. It took really months, took probably six months before I realized, why did I put, why did I put my sword away at, at my home actually? So I started keeping my sword out when I was at home. And so this was going on for a while. It was working amazingly well. The kids, we had a whole new relationship. We could make agreements that worked. It was, it was, it was fabulous. And then I'd get to bed at night and I go, God, what a day. And I'd get ready to get in bed with my wife and put my sword away and put it on the shelf on the side. And it was a hell world in bed. I was like, insane. It took me another six months before I would get naked in the bedroom except for my sword and i would i would go to bed with my sword in my sword of clarity and all of a sudden there was a new whole new domain possible there was something else possible so that's what the unfair unfair thing is if you don't have you can't tell if it's fair or unfair you can't tell and you can if your sword is out you can tell when somebody inhales you already know what the purpose is going to be you can already tell what kind of an inhale was that. Was a victim inhale, a persecutor inhale, a gremlin inhale? Was that an excuse gonna come out, of some persecution, some blaming? What kind of inhale was that? You can tell just from that. I wanted to say one more thing. And this is about, I want to admit something which I've thought about uh, in the last, little while which was when i wrote radiant joy brilliant love i had a theory theory was what what we've been talking about which was that if there was a relatively healthy you know an undamaged human being across from me then like a, a partner for me a, a woman whatever i could work it out that it would work out like we're saying, you can ask somebody a question if you have authentic necessity and they have willingness, then this force of nature can come through them and they can be the space through which the, you know, the useful stuff comes and you can do that for each other. So the theory was that I could hang out with anybody. That I could hang out with anybody and anybody could hang out with anybody and that it could work out fabulously because it the being is the same 
We've talked about this a little. It's like the being is the same. So I had this theory really, it's in this book. And when I find it, I will tell you that the assumption is there that you could hang out with anybody. I no longer have that assumption. And here's why. It's, it's because relationships don't die from a lack of love. Relationships die from a lack of intimacy. And like I, a person cannot negotiate intimacies with just anybody. So it's this negotiation that has become for me the important thing. So it depends on what bright principles they have. It depends on if they're a red brain, a blue brain, a yellow brain, or a green brain, as to what they are interested in for intimacies. It depends on what their archetypal lineage is. If, are they game world builders? Are they guardians? Are they village weavers? Are they evolutionaries? These are these four classifications of, of game, of uh, archetypal lineage. Because we've, we've done this experiment over and over. You take a group of people, like we've taken the whole game world of Zeg, for example, in Germany, or Tui in North Island of New Zealand. You take the entire community, put them together. We've done it also with the trainer guild. You put them together in the same room, and you explain these four archetypal lineages, the game world builders, the guardians, the evolutionaries, and the village weavers. And you put in you, so everybody understands what the four lineages are. Then you put a piece of paper in each of the four corners and you say, go to your lineage. And, and, and they divide up almost equally in a working game world. There will be an almost equal number of all four um, archetypal lineages. And then we say, have a conversation with the people in your lineage. And the people, it, it's almost impossible to stop that conversation because people are so excited to talk with others of their same archetypal lineage. They have so much in common. They have so much intimacy possible they couldn't have. Like the, the people who are the guardians, they, they have this complete whole framework of how to protect the game world, how to support the game world. And the evolutionaries, they want to change the game world. They want it to evolve. So the guardians want it to stay the same. The evolutionaries want it to evolve. Those people can't understand each other very well. But, but when you put the evolutionaries together, they all get how to transform stuff. And they love talking about the, you know, that this is intimacy for them. So, so the theory, my theory that anybody could be with anybody is hinted, it's in the book, it's in the book. But I don't have that theory anymore. I have the theory that it takes intimacy. It takes ways of negotiating intimacy. So, so this is what you're. So I want to. I know we have just a couple minutes, like one, right? And Chloe. Yeah, one minute. So. And do you want to? Will you share that answer that we were talking about? Or do you want me to? That one? What? Go ahead. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Now wait, give me a chance. Okay, so the, there was this first question that Clinton asked at the beginning, which was, how do I make myself interesting 
to be or to find a cool relationship experiment. Okay, this is not about finding a husband or any. Yeah, interesting to echo. How do I make myself interesting to echo so that they will put put me with somebody that maybe we can create something like to be in this cool relationship experiment. And one of the when Clinton asked me, one of the answers that I had was like, if you're not creating, if you're not creating something, then you're not really you're not in the flow of the universe. So if you're not creating maybe a game world, I mean, basically creating a game world, which could be writing a book, having a possibility team, uh, opening a new shop, uh, building a community, building a summit. Like if you're not creating something, then when you are in a conversation with people, you are mostly or probably going to be a victim of their conversation <laughs> because you don't have your own conversation. So it's about having your own conversation. And I was having this conversation with the Spark experimenters last Saturday. And for example, my little baby game world at this time is the trainer path. And so I go around in every space that I am and I harass people about the trainer path. I tell them how great it is, how wonderful people we are and how we're growing and our struggles. And, 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 and even if people don't want to hear about it, because that is the place where I create extraordinary love. And, and then people get sucked in into this space of extraordinary love and they like, oh, okay, and they want to they be with me there. And then there's like, so people get attracted by that. And then, and that's how I make myself interesting to echo by creating and sort of to, to not stop talking about what you're creating and, and be committed to it. And just like take a stand for it and, and, and harass people something like that and then the because it creates a gravity well i'm sorry i'm sort of going on because it creates a gravity well your field of commitment and taking a stand and then the people who are waiting for you to create that thing then they can feel they can feel this field and they'll just get sucked into it and then people that been hanging around you friends of friends that you sort of forgot about will all of a sudden be like be closer to you and be Hey, I want to know what, what, what it, that is about. Like, what are you creating? And okay, that could be a potential relationship experiment person that you can try things with. But it's, yeah, create the gravity well. If you go around, on the other hand, going, who's going to love me? Who, could somebody love me? And do I get enough love? Is somebody going to love me now? You're creating actually a gravity mountain. Like for people to get to you, they have to climb up this mountain to bring love to you. Whereas if you create a gravity well, because you're so fucking interested in, in inventing spaces and like what's rolling your game world forward. And it is not a business. Like uh, if, you're, if you're in some multi-level marketing, new skin, you know, vitamin sales, this is not, this is not your project. This is not the game world we're talking about. You know, this is, so we're talking about um, a game world where that feeds your archetypal lineage. The whole money game world is not your game world. It's the, belongs to the banks. Money belongs to the banks. So if you're trying to build money for the banks, be clear about it. I want to make profit for the banks. 
because you can't really make money for yourself except by destroying the planet, which I don't recommend. So what you want to do is create a game world that feeds your, that's through your archetypal lineage. And this is the kind of game world. So for example, there would be nothing stopping every single one of you from organizing and starting a possibility team before this, uh, see you, Jake, before this week. So um, I, one challenge that I offer is go ahead, go on the possibility team website, figure, read the handbook, um, build, you know, call your circle and start a possibility team and don't stop talking about it. Like be a, make this a, a food source for you. This is one of the, you know, it's an invention creation that would serve a lot of people. This would be a suitable challenge for this week. And so next Monday, you can, we can see how many people will uh, put up their hands and say, well, I started my first possibility team this week. Does anybody have anything that they want to say? The meeting has ended. We're hanging out, just shooting, shooting the breeze. Um, thank you for being here. It was wonderful to see you guys. What? Yeah, we're staying around just a little while just to hang out. And um, uh, enjoy each other's company and fade out instead of suddenly, suddenly fade out. So does anybody want to say anything? Thanks for being here. Martina asked this question, is this the last week? No, this is not the last week. This is the next week. This is the week it is. We're going to keep doing this until, until the virus is over. What? Until the book is over. Jesus. This, yeah. <laughs> the, the, so, mimetic, the, the mimetic viruses run out until right until the mimetic viruses run. Out. <laughs> I wanted to ask something. First of all, thank you very much. Can you hear me? You're welcome. Yes, Betty. Um, I wanted to ask if intimacy is further um, defined. Like, is it more the physical intimacy, or is are there like different layers? Five. Okay. Five bodies. Oh yeah. So. So this is, uh, it's not so much in the book, but we'll be definitely going there, which is how to make offers, how to make offers and invitations that create physical intimacy, intellectual intimacy, emotional intimacy, energetic intimacy, and most interesting of all, archetypal intimacy. It's like we are designed for creating archetypal intimacy journeys with each other. We're designed for this five body mm -hmm. archetypal intimacy journeys. So that's, and that's where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. Betty, did that help? What, yes. What's did. your real question? Okay. Okay. What experiment are you going to do this week? Come on. We want to know what offer you're going to make that will turn you on. That will turn you on. I, I have the feeling that I've already started an experiment. Can you be a little more specific? <laughs> Can you, can yes, you, can I I don't know if I, I don't know if that counts, but I'm on my way to do over or retry um, a relationship, and um, I um, I am um, I am in a relationship with my partner since four years, but um, like three or two weeks ago, things are really changing, and I. I, I um, through Havet 
shout out to Hamid. <laughs> I um, now my third possibility <clears throat> meeting and um, learned about the. I used to learn only about the four buddies. Now I learned about the fifth buddy, and um, yeah, so somehow I am trying to connect again to my partner. Yes. Um, yeah, and I try to figure out if I can connect again to him or to restart or to really build a re completely new relationship, but Eddie, also relationship to myself, yes. Eddie, what you, I want you to really think about my question. Yeah. And it's about what would turn you on? Like what, you have to see if you just imagine that you're a woman, then, then the options available for you are limited to the options that are available to a woman. Now, if, you're, if you relate to yourself as a sorceress, as a village weaver, as a game world builder, as a alchemist, as a um, transformational force of nature, as a... Um, uh, what can you how do you relate to yourself if you relate to yourself in some other way besides simply being a person or a woman then all of a sudden you have real issues for you real stuff that turns you on thing that makes you and you know we all went to school and in school they all, they told us we are people and it's so wrong it is so wrong we are not people we are these amazing, complicated, dynamic forces of, and I want to know what you are. So what is, what are you? I mean, maybe you don't know yet, but what, what would you say? I, I don't know. I, I, I want to create. <laughs> and. So, so, okay. So this is part of your homework. Okay. I don't know. I know homework's a bad word. But <laughs> It's a fun, what's your, what? Fun work. Here's your fun work. Here's your fun work for the week. Okay. It's like, find out what you are. It's like, okay. what movies, what movies do you love? Tell me your favorite storybook. Well, I just watched a, a documentary of, um, of, Chuck, of Chuck Berry and it really touched me. So I'm really into documentaries. <laughs> and, um, or who were you in, were you Chuck Berry? I mean, who are you in the documentary? I don't know. All right, that's a good start. If you can get to I don't know, that's better than I know. I mean, there's, there's some space, there's some space in there. All right, so think about, like, if you go on to, uh, if you go on to, What's the website I just made? What? Okay, there's an I, you know, IMDB? IMDB. Yeah, no, 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 it's on Go Explore. If you go on the website, goexplore.mystrikingly.com, if you go down into the movie section, wait. Thank you. The, what? Okay. If you go to, to there, if you click on that link, you'll see a link that goes into the Possibilitor Training Films list. It's 124 films that are some not nice at all. Some of them are really nasty films and some of them are really old films, very difficult to get. But 
I have found really those, this set of films so far is very useful for me and I share them with other people. So some of these films you might have seen already and some of them you might be attracted to. And when you three or four of those films this week, if you just get on a binge and watch three or four films this week and find out who, which character you are, you will see that there's something common in all four of the films that you watch and the character that you are. Write down what's common and give okay. it a name. And this is what you are. And then when you when people when you say hello, you know, hello Betty, I'm a I'm a tree whisperer. You know, I whisper to trees. The trees tell me everything. Or I'm I'm a um, a spiral galaxy healer. You know, I use I use the energy in spiral galaxies to heal people. Whatever whatever you are. And then don't stop talking about it. Like this is what Anne Chloe's talking about in a way. It's like stop trying to be a person or a woman. Just stop it. You know, it's like it's such a such a sick idea. Jesus, who ever heard of that as an idea? So really, find out what you are and walk in those shoes. Like put on those kind of shoes. You know, wear those shoes around. You know, I'm I'm a mimetic wizard. I can prove it. I'm a I'm a transformational circle alchemist. You know, and I I wear this. This is a transformational circle alchemist archetypal lineage talisman. I am that. So I wake up in the morning, that's what I am. I go to bed at night, that's what I am. I go to the toilet, that's what I am. I mean, this is what I am. You can't you can't I'm not never not this. I'm not a person. I'm not a man. I'm not a human being. What did you find out? By oh, watching movies. <laughs> You watch 124 movies, and by the end, I knew that's what I was. You okay. too can do that. I start with three or four this week. Okay. <laughs> this will do it. Okay. We should have a movie night. Thank you. An online movie night? How do we do it? I don't know. And Chloe's over there saying we're going to have an online movie night. We're going to watch two or three movies in one afternoon, and we're just going <laughs> to watch. A watch party marathon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's gonna choose which ones they are. That's that's the deal. <laughs> Vera, what? Vera, what? I I uh, got so turned on by what Aunt Chloe was saying with um, creating. What are you creating? And uh, for me, totally connected as well with uh, what you were saying before with. Uh, daring to create this this uh, necessity because it's um that necessity that question that who i am is by creating that necessity and, and taking a stand for that necessity i'm creating uh, a game world or a platform for that question to have space and to be explored and so then uh, then echo brings me to these places and I've, I've really um, experienced that. And, and I think a lot of, uh, one of the things that it just wasn't so, um, like the penny wasn't dropping was, why would people block necessity? Why would people uh, not have, like be afraid to have such, such necessity? And what occurred to me was, 
on one side, having a strong necessity is like not looking good. And so not looking good, uh, not being vulnerable. And so that, um, that blocks people that don't want to, they're afraid of being vulnerable. They, they block that, that necessity in themselves because they're going to look, uh, like they're learning. They're going to look imperfect. They're going to look messy. And, and also on the other hand, to block that necessity is also that there's, it's, it's also so vulnerable to want something. It's, it's, there's a fear. Like I experienced a fear for so long in my life of wanting more than what I saw was possible because it was, I, I, uh, it was hard for me to, to, I, I was afraid of creating like a fantasy or creating a world where that wouldn't happen somehow that I, I was afraid to, to, to dare go for it. And then it wouldn't happen so that I, at some point I blocked even the wanting it myself. And, and I think those two things are, are big blockers for intimacy and for that necessity and for that creation. And the creation and that question could be how to unblock those things in ourselves how to un how to work with those fears and what those blocks so it don't, doesn't have to be like it's just the what is in the way for me to get to the places that's kind of what got turned on by both of you talking yeah i just want to say we've we've, we've mentioned it before but i just want to say that this is about being wild. It is about going wild. And it is about um, uh, un uncorking the sane, looking sane, looking um, like you have your act together, looking like you're, you understand or you know, or you're cool. Like you, it's about going, it's about really going wild. And, and why the hell not? I mean, you know, there's, you don't even have to go wild in a way that is predictable. So for example, some people say, I'm an artist, I'm a musician, something like that. I'm a singer, I'm a, I'm a painter, like that. And then you kind of get the license to be a little crazy, if you know what I mean. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about leaping, going to the edge and leaping over, where there is no definition or classification of the kind of wild that you are. And that's where invention happens. That's where you create the thing that needs to exist in the world now. That's your part, it's your contribution to the invention of next culture. It's your contribution to the invention of the next cultures when you can go wild and cut loose and just and create with what your question is driving you to create. Now, the other day, I just, a couple of days ago, I just, walked over to the bed and I slept for like four hours a day. It was a work day. I just went over and <laughs> I just slept, you know, in the middle of the day, like part of my brain's going, are you crazy? What are you doing? This prime, you know, this is, you know, there's so many things that we have to do all day long to maintain ourselves. You know, you have to use the toilet, brush your teeth, you know, change the baby's diaper, you know, water the plants, make the bed, wash the clothes, dry the clothes, fold the clothes, dry the dishes, go shopping. There's like, it's just, it's, and then 
pay your whatever bills, like all these things are the maintenance part. And there's this time where we can create and this is the time. You know? If I could have air and light and space and time, then I can really write, you know, I'm gonna make them, you know, and, and it's like, and then to go sleep, to go like just sleep at prime time, that's crazy. It was completely crazy. And after whatever, I'm sure you probably had the experience. And then you, you wake up and you just, you're in a different world. It's like, uh, it's like that world ended, you died and you rebirth, you reborn and, and here's another world. And then you can, you don't even know what kind of world it is because you were dreaming some weird dream and here you are and it's, you can just go again. You just like play out again. So this is what we're saying. It's like, it's basically love is going to happen when you're wild because, because love is wild. If, if you think you're going to tame love, you're in the wrong study group. <laughs> Ramona, yes. Speak. Sing. I want you to sing. I haven't heard any of your songs for so long. Oh, you will get one this week, actually. I'm in that process. Okay, yay. Back with my musician here. All right. So I have a question to the archetypal lineage because what I'm experiencing here back in Switzerland after being a long time um, often by myself because I spent time in the jungle in Ecuador. So I experienced that there is an immense stream of ideas and, and projects that are really like super tangible in front of me and they all want my attention. And uh, I sometimes even feel like I'm getting burned out of them because I really love them all so much and I, I, I feel they belong to me so much. So I want to make them happen. Um, and on the same time, it's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming to me. And I'm trying to manage, um, but it's not working really on that level. Like. Uh, yeah, I wonder um, what's there to do. <laughs> so, Ramona, it could be that you need a team. Yeah, I mean, and you need apprentices. You need out. You need a team, and you need to be training people to replace yourself. If I was the only guy delivering expand the box trainings in the world, I would also be exhausted. But there's. 35 or 40 people in the world now who can deliver expand the box trainings and, and also labs. I have replaced myself. The universe notices shit like that. And it, and it gives you different jobs to do. It gives you so, and I have a team. There's like five or six people on my little team, my general memetics team. And this is our little, this is this little dynamo where, where we are working together to make stuff happen. And it's way, it's like you've probably got to the place where you have a new challenge. It isn't just to write the words and write the music and do the singing and then join this project. And It's like, what's the name? It's just time to build your game world, mm -hmm. give it a name, and have the projects be part of the game world, not part of you. The part of the game world. And you'll need an inner team, a core team, and you'll need apprentices to replace yourself, to start replacing yourself. So the thing becomes an organism. You're building a living organism. You know, this whole concept of being 
uh, a uh, successful as a single individual, as the lone wolf thing, that this is so American and so <laughs> handicapped. It's so really, it's a handicap to drop that whole model. And, and even the, like we just watched, um, we just watched Rocket Man the other night with about Elton John, fabulous movie. They did a fabulous job with this movie and it's on the list. And it's, um, but you'll see his struggle with team. He has such with the team. He has basically Bernie Taupin was his, was his were lyrics writer, the guy who wrote his lyrics. And he at one point even can't even work with him. You know, the thing that made magic for their team, he even can't even, he blocks it, his gremlin and his, his little boy ego stuff, you know, it blocks it. But it's like, you, to, to, to do this stuff we need to do right now, we need to build game worlds. So it's about building game worlds. So read up on game world builder and, and start putting your team together in your context and your codex and your projects and like that. It's a different challenge. Does that help? Yeah, thanks. Okay. Yeah, cool. I think a lot of us are like that. I think, I feel this, I see your hand, just one second, okay? Um, just, I think a lot of us are at that place where it's time to shift out of the, that level of, of going, you know, invention, of like being, like creating things, like getting in alignment with, with creation forces so we can actually make stuff happen. And then it, it goes to the another level and the another level is create the game world. Create space of surround yourself with creators who are even more powerful than you. Sur surround yourself with creators and use this circle. Learn how to use circle and uh, it's fabulous. You should, that's the thing. Thank you. Phyllis. Can you talk more about um, creating a mountain for people to climb versus a well? Yeah. If, if I need, it was, it, was with, it was with regards to love. So if I want somebody to love me, then they have to pay to come close to me by giving me love. So uh, hold on just one second. I have to push a button. I'll be right back. Okay, so if you, you get that, so they have to pay to come close to you by giving you love, appreciation, something that you define that you think you need, that they, they love you or respect you, whatever. If you, if you radiating love, people actually get stuff by coming around you. Like you're, you're, you are an abundant thing, so they just kind of slide right in. They just kind of like, whoa, what is it? Like they get something coming around you. So it has, it's almost connected to what we were just talking about with the game world mm -hmm. is, is you flow energy into people. You're flowing power into people, flowing love into people, but it's not yours. It comes through you. Mm. It comes through you from these archetypal forces of nature that are, so you're not using your own energy up. So when you are sourcing love in the world, it isn't like the rescuing thing. You're not, you're not trying to be nice to everybody or do everything for everybody. That's not it. That's this rescuing thing. Yeah. It is about actually being in the service of something greater than yourself, which is these bright for this, 
these bright principles, your archetypal lineage, this stuff flows through you, goes to other people, they get fed and they get attracted and come around. You know, they, they get something from it and then they kind of slide into that. So that's what the, the gravity well thing is. Yeah, thank you. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. All right. Darn. I want to say that I I saw the film Grey Owl that you recommended last week. It's so yeah, me good. too. Yay! <laughs> I was thinking of you. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. So please people do it. It's yeah. Film. Yeah. Come on, you have 123 more to go. <laughs> Not, I know you've seen some of them. <laughs> Okay, you guys, let's, let's call it, let's call it a night, call it finished. So thank you guys for coming around. Thank you for being here. Really, Clinton, thanks a lot. For, I, Clinton, I just want to introduce you to Bobby. Hi. Who's Bobby? Oh, here. Hi, Bobby. Hi. Nice since to hear you. Since it's a holiday, it's Memorial Day in America. Uh, not working, and it's very unusual. So I wanted to him to meet you. Okay. Thanks for saying hi. Great job, everybody. Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Kalisa. Bye, guys. Thank you. Okay.